Hello and welcome to the Holistic Fashionista Speaker Series, where emerging holistic leaders of tomorrow share their adventure for celebrating their most prized skills, talents, and expertise by turning their wisdom into a signature system that serves mankind. I'm Angel Quintana, the CEO and founder of Holistic Fashionista, and I've had the honor of working with my dear client, Ellie Isaacs, to discover her signature system. These women that have participated in the speaker series have truly touched my life, improved my health, and my overall business, and it is my honor to introduce to you Ellie Isaacs. Today, Ellie will be sharing with us what is your self-love green juice, secrets for trying a mental diet and loving yourself for a great life. But before we get started, I'd like to give you a little bit of background about who Ellie is and all of the wonderful gifts she brings to the world. A rebel in style and a girl with her own trend, Ellie is the founder of V Design and the brain behind the coaching system, Let's Get Selfish. She dares people to ignite their inner rebel flame and design a life on their own terms. Her mission, rebirthing people's self and ending the epidemic of I'm not good enough, brings the rebels of tomorrow overachievers who have had enough shit and are done with living in a cage straight to her. Together, they embark on a journey of self-discovery, awareness, inner transformation, and profound change. Ellie lives through the deepest pain of heartbreak, emptiness, darkness, and devastation, but she broke out before anything could break her completely. She is a loving mom and a dance junkie on high heels. For a quick look of her style and voice, be sure to get her free copy of Get Yourself Back on Track, Four Steps to Getting Unstuck. Learn more at thedesign.com. That's V-I-D-E-S-I-G-N.com. Thanks for being with us, Ellie, and welcome. Hi, Angel. It's so great to be here with you. Thank you for inviting I- me. Oh, my God. Well, I we have so much goodness to share on this call today. Firstly... Your bio alone just tells me so much about you, a rebel in style, a girl with her own trend. It's just fascinating that I know we have a pretty great story on how we found each other. Can you share with us today, before we get started on your amazing topic on self-love green juice, how did we find each other? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. So it was this time when my head was exploding with ideas and I had absolutely no clue how to put everything on paper that was going on, everything that I wanted to bring out to the world, message that I wanted to teach people and help people. And then I started searching for signature system because I thought that would be a tool that will help me to put everything together in a concise and easy-to-reach manner. And this is how I ended up on HolisticFashionista.com. And I totally fell in love with your style. I think I went through all your videos for about a couple of hours. I didn't get off my couch. And it was like, you know, if there is a person who will recognize what I am all about is this girl. And I went ahead and I set up a chat with you, and we've been having a blast ever since. Awesome. I definitely remember that day, and it's good to know that Google brought us together with the search term signature system, so that's good that the Internet is bringing us together because, you know what, 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 you're in like Switzerland or something, right? Yeah. Switzerland. Awesome. So, well, 
let's take this opportunity in this call together to really get to know all about the design, how you got here, and you know that vital importance of what that really means to be selfish. Oh, I'd love to. I, I love talking about selfish, and people are always very <laughs> curious as to how can I choose such a word which is so scary and provocative and, and, and lead with it. And my own transformation actually led me to understand the vital importance of looking at myself. And what, what I mean by selfish is not the word that we all perceive as very negative. It's actually the opposite. It's recognizing your inner truth, listening to your voice, and living a life that suits your personality, your desires, and your needs. And unfortunately, we live in a life where Everything is given to us and shaped by norms, society, family, friends, social media, so basically all the outside influence. And we live mostly on manuals which are given to us. And what we fail to do and implement is question those manuals, dig a little deeper, search for true meaning and connection with ourselves first and foremost. And what I've seen happen so often, first and foremost to myself, is that we are just molded to live in scarcity for not being accepted, not being loved, not being successful if we do not do so-and-so. And so what happens is we blindly believe in the best possible outcome, we hope, without taking a true part in molding our future and fixing and designing our lives and taking part as, as, as people who have the power to change their lives. So going back to what I started with, why do I dare to use the word selfish? Well, first of all, what I realize is many people don't understand the concept of inner self. And when I started working on myself, I, I also didn't. It was something like a woo-woo kind of thing, something reserved for the specials and the privileged. And, and what I realized with the years is that exactly the rebel is my inner self. Is that It's that little flame and the little voice that has always pushed me to do better or gotten me out of situations which were devastating to my life, sometimes later than I would have wanted. But nevertheless, it was always this inner voice that pushed me forward. And what I love to do and my utmost desire is to trigger points within people which both awaken the rebellious and stir up some fear. And the, the fear part is exactly this selfish. People are afraid to be selfish. And inspiration and fear both move us forward. And we are generally afraid to care for ourselves exactly for the same reason that we continually consciously and subconsciously live in scarcity because we think that if we care for ourselves, if we put ourselves first, then nobody will want us, nobody will accept us or love us. And so people spend years of trying to fit in and just trying to fit in is, is exhausting, it's tiring and it brings a lot of pain and heartache because not everybody can fit into everything. 
I mean, people try to fit in smaller clothes when they ignore mm-hmm. their body. They they don't accept it. They try to fit in cool groups, simply ignoring their true passions or fit in a relationship where they ignore their inner needs, their desires, because, I mean, people just don't want to be alone. So what happens if we don't look at ourselves and we don't know ourselves, we don't know our core, our hearts, we don't give ourselves acceptance or love or care, and and we always look for this to be received from others. So more often than not, people say, it's easier to love someone else than to love myself, but how can you love someone else if you don't give this to yourself first, if you don't recognize what is to really love and accept and be okay with how things are or who you are and honor your true self. And when you start doing this, when you start listening to yourself and saying no and choosing circumstances which which at least feel good. I mean, it doesn't have to be a change overnight, but at least, you know, you can start choosing things that feel better to you. Then this opens the doors to, first of all, meaningful connections, deeper experiences, and most of all, a richer life. So for me, becoming selfish is the number one thing Everyone who wants to experience something more in their life or change a circumstance needs to do in order to recognize what it is that, that, that they truly want. So this brings up, this is, this is kind of miraculous because this is, I, I think I'm probably not alone when I say this, but many of us as children or in our adolescence or maybe throughout our entire life, our parents or our siblings, you know, have brought to our attention, like, stop being so selfish. You know, this mm. whole stigma, stigmatism against, like, this word selfish. So if somebody has those deep-rooted subconscious um, beliefs that being selfish is bad and I just need to give or I need to be a people pleaser, you know, what does it really take to transform that thought process because I think it's something that, I mean, I don't think I'm alone to say that <laughs> definitely as a child I was, you know, stop being selfish or share with your brother or whatever it was, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I mean, you're definitely not alone. And I think even today we hear so many people say, how can you be so selfish? And I do, I do understand and I want to make the difference between a person who is maliciously acting against another and a person who is looking out for themselves. So, for example, a woman who is able to say no to something that is definitely not healthy for her or good for her, this is sort of looking after herself. And this is the sort of selfish and the self-awareness I am looking to, to bring forward so how do we change how do we change the mentality? We don't have to we don't have to change everyone and everything. I think the first step is understanding that self and self-care and self-love is okay. It's not a crime and we're definitely not taking from anyone else if we give to ourselves. I know that um 
having a life where you take time for yourself. It can be five minutes. It can be ten minutes. It changes how you parent your children. It changes how you communicate with your colleagues. And it definitely changes your relationship because you are able to give something to your You don't look for it outside anymore. So you don't hold people responsible for not giving you something that you need where you can give it to yourself. It's beautiful. So we talk about, you know, having this, you know, brilliant life. We all want to be happy. We want to find, you know, the, the career of our life or the, a loving relationship or to have a family and to nurture those friendships. So is there some kind of recipe using this let's get selfish model to having that brilliant life that we, talk, that we all aspire for? I think in, in the title of my talk and our interaction today, I mentioned green juice. And I, I tend to laugh about it, even though I love green juice, but green juice has become the new black today. Everybody does it. Everybody talks about it. Everybody loves it. But what I have found out is people often make green juice or drink green juice because, again, they try to fit in. And, for example, I've bought probably a gazillion books on healthy lifestyle and diets and juices and one day I found myself just following blindly and you know it was not about a matter of a taste it was not anymore about what makes me feel good it was just the next thing that came on the market that I thought is the answer to my questions and then I started looking at what is really healthy what works with my body what makes me feel good and then I ended up designing my own green juice. And some people can say, well, you're not supposed to have an apple in it because it has sugar. But I do because otherwise I hate the taste of it. So I dread <laughs> the moment where I have to drink that green thing in my glass. <laughs> you know, but I can post somewhere, well, I just had my green juice today. And, you know, I don't post the next sentence, which is, and I hated it. So I, I said to myself, okay. Yeah, you laugh, but it's true. I know so many it's people hilarious. who like try out. Yeah, they 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 try out the new thing and they go like, "Oh my God, you've have you seen this? Have you tried it? It's so cool!" And then they go back home and they're like, "I can't stand it." <laughs> so how does this tie to a brilliant life and a recipe that you can do every day? Well, basically, if you start with something as simple as a green juice, just make sure that the ingredients are totally up to what you love and you can design your own green juice it will still be green and i am sure it will be packed with vitamins and energy and the other side of it i mean every morning when i wake up just the thought of making this green juice makes me running to the kitchen as opposed to you have to drink a green juice even though you hate it the mindset plays enormous part of how we live our lives. If you love something, you would do it in a blink of an eye. You wouldn't think twice before doing it because it's something that gives you pleasure. So it's a win-win situation. We are flooded with information. I mean, literally. We can find help on Internet, free or paid. There are books. There are manuals for finding your passions, finding your job, for parenting, for relationships. 
you don't have to follow to the T everything that's written. And what I urge people to do and what I also, I mean, as you just heard, I also step outside of this every once in a while, but what I strive for is getting the information that is out there and then catering it to myself and making it work for me. And it's possible, and I, I've seen it happen with so many people. And my tagline under, under V-Design is, be the trend you wish to see in the world. And it's not so difficult, and it's not so out of reach for so many people. A lot of the times, fear keeps us stuck because they, they, you know, people say, if I don't follow this, then, then it's not going to be good enough. Well, guess what? It is good enough. And if it's good enough for you, it's going to be good enough for the world. And the other point is everybody's brilliant life is different. There is no recipe for one brilliant life because we are different. And so many people are afraid of their uniqueness and they're afraid to show up. But actually designing a brilliant life starts with knowing who you are and making that brilliance work for you. That's right. And I guess you're saying that the way to really get to know yourself and find out what makes you tick is that that selfish component, you know, not in a malicious way, but in caring for yourself. And just I love your analogy or your metaphor with the green juice. It's like just because, I mean, I, it's so funny. When I think about my recipe for green juice, I'm sure nobody would, like, want to drink my green juice because it's kind of sour. <laughs> And it has too much ginger in it, and it's probably, like, probably grosses people out, but I think it tastes so good. So I loved your analogy about adding apple to yours, even though people say that has too much sugar. I mean, it really resonates, and it kind of, when we came up with that tagline, how, you know, be the trend you wish to see in the world, what that's really saying is you be the trendsetter. You know, you set the example that you, what you like, what, what really makes you tick, and I think, that's such a scary place for a lot of us as we, you know, step into who we really are and we take a stand for the things that really light us up in our life. And I'm sure to many of us, and I'm, I don't know if you experience this as well, but even going into your own business and putting that out on social media, you know, a lot of us, a lot of people probably thought we were like out of our mind. Things that we were talking about is just like, what? Like, wow, she's brave to go there or to put herself yeah. out there or to show her vulnerabilities. So can you share with us a little bit about, you know, how being out of your mind is beneficial for, your, for uh, living a life you love? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with the business because I think that's such a brilliant example at the moment, especially for me. Because when I am in my creative zone, I call it in the zone, I don't think. And there is nothing that tells me, well, okay, but, you know, nobody wants to listen to you. Or how are you going to do this? There are no questions. And I always use these moments to post everything and to, <laughs> to kind of put <laughs> myself out. <laughs> because then if I, if, if I am caught in a moment where I'm overthinking everything, then I, think, then I think I will never make a step forward. I probably wouldn't pick up the phone to call you today. You know, it's, it's so debilitating sometimes when we start when we allow our mind to rule our life. Because, mm. number one, we go in the past. 
So we start projecting in the future with the what if and I shouldn't and I need and, and all of these things. Or we start worrying about the future and, and, and we get so afraid. And most of the times these are areas that we have absolutely no control, no knowledge even, to waste our time thinking about it. And, I mean, think about a moment where a woman is waiting to be kissed by a man. How many, mm-hmm. I, I think, how many of the women out there will come out and say, yeah, I was, I mean, yeah, you're probably thinking, you know, how is my lipstick and any of that. But the majority, you're feeling butterflies in your stomach, and the only thing you're looking forward to is that kiss. You're not thinking about how is your job or are your uh, finances well taken care of or what's going to happen if in two weeks this and this happens. You're just living in a moment and your emotions are driving you forward. And this is what, what I think matters to all of us is finding a way to not overthink and not overanalyze because it's just counterproductive. It doesn't help us, it creates more fear, and it stops us from moving forward. A little bit of fear, which is motivational, is good in a way that, you know, when you're afraid, you know you're stretching yourself, but it's not this fear that literally can paralyze your whole body or stop your breathing or cause your anxiety attack to to not be able to, to function properly in your life. So I think the first tip, I guess, I would say is direct your attention to your feelings, even if they're scary. You know, analyzing your feelings by locating them in your body. Are you, is it in your stomach? Is it in your heart? What are you actually feeling? Because you might be thinking, oh, I'm feeling very afraid. But you're actually feeling lonely, and, and, and your fear only comes from the fact that you're thinking, well, you know, I've been single for so-and-so time, and all my girlfriends have someone, and I'm always alone. And this, this thought process creates fear, but your feeling is that you're actually a little bit lonely at that time. So if you go in and you try to explore how you feel and most of the time you realize that what you thought is your real feeling is not real at all, and it's something else that's deeper and something that's manageable. Because, I mean, okay, if you don't have a boyfriend but you feel lonely, you can always do something to meet up with someone or to go out. And then it's no more this life-stopping fear which, which makes you lose your breath and, and not be able to move any any forward or do anything. And then you're you're not anxiously anticipating of what's the next worst thing that will happen to you. And the other one is, despite the circumstances, find an activity which gets you in the zone. I, I always try to, to say this to people I work with and, and my friends. You know, when you when you feel so overwhelmed with, with the thought process, just try to, to zone out. And for me, this is when I'm creating, when I'm writing, and it just it just gets me out of this world and for somebody for somebody it can be you know just listening to music or walking outside and it doesn't have to take half of your day it can be 5 minutes the point is that when you get into the pattern of th- thinking especially negative thinking it's like a spiral that brings you down and if you're able to 
just move to the side a little bit. You know, focus on what you're feeling. Get to do, get to to do, to act, to move into something which you truly love. Then the spiral at least slows down, and you you at least stop going further down. And I know it sounds unbelievable to many people. It did sound unbelievable to me when when I was down and out. But we actually have the choice of what we focus on. And I know in a swirl of emotions when you're when you're heartbroken or your job is completely horrible and and you're thinking about protecting your family or how you're going to find a relationship believing that you can choose your thought process usually like yes you're right well look at my life and then go choose my thought process but it's actually true you can you can choose to focus on something and it can be very little but you can choose to focus on something different and Every time, like, sometimes I, I play a game with, with people and, and they go like, but I don't, like, how can I focus on something? I'll just look at my life. And I say, okay, we have five minutes to look at your life and to talk about it and really to go deep down and, it's, and, we're, go, and we're both going to bitch about it and moan about it. But then we can decide to focus on something else. And it works. It works with people. Um, you can, you can laugh for something you can you can find something to focus on for 30 seconds and then you can get out of your mind that's right wow i know i mean let's talk about being an overachiever because i know that you work with rebels and overachievers people that have a lot of activity going on in the mind and uh, that just kind of comes with the territory people that are constantly on the go or constantly trying to, you know, get from A to B and just do the right thing. And I really, you know, I know from first hand, I also work with overachievers such as yourself, but like we, it's hard to get out of your mind. It's like you want to accomplish what you're setting out to do. And I know that happiness is really dependent upon about separating the mind from everything that you do, which I know is probably one of the biggest hurdles for overachievers. So maybe you could give us like one or two tips for just that perspective of just how to calm your your thoughts. I know the one thing I read in your bio was that you're a dance junkie on high heels. I can kind of see how that could help me release my mind at times. But could you give us a couple other examples of, you know, just what we could do to kind of calm the mind? Yes, yeah, sure. It's actually something that you, you've probably heard of, but um, it's it's part of also the steps that I take with my clients. It's funny how writing changes and, and, and helps us relieve frustration and anxiety. So I, many times I ask people to sit down and write 20 things that are great about them. And, and people often look at me and say, well, I, I can't think of three. And that's okay. It, it's usually a process. But once you say, once you, you say, okay, now I have a piece of paper and a pen in my hand, and I'm going to write 20 things that are great about me. The first thing that comes up is fear. The second thing that comes up is sort of like shyness. Because we're not, we're not brought up to to talk about ourselves with authenticity and with strength and with power and with passion. 
we're brought up to praise others, to follow others. And I think the mix mm. of the two is ideal. So once people are able to realize that that's just a piece of paper, they don't have to show it to nobody, they don't have to read it to nobody, then it gets a little bit easier because they're just with themselves. So writing 20 things that are great about you does three things. Number one, it changes your focus of thinking because you cannot hold a positive and a negative thought at the same time in your brain. Number two, it gets you into acknowledging who you are because we forget. We, we don't talk about, you know, what we did well. We usually go to sleep with like, oh, my God, I didn't do this or oh, how could I forget? Oh, I have to do this tomorrow, you know. So few people go to bed saying, yes, I had a brilliant day because I achieved A, B, C, and D. So it gets you in the mo- in, into the mode of recognizing what is good about you, you know, that, that you're, you are good enough, that you are doing things that are beneficial to yourself or to your family or to your colleagues, to the, to the place you work at, to the world. And the third thing, and that's, actually my favorite it sparks inspiration people get inspired from this they say well if i could do this then i could do this as well and their actions change they they stop reacting they start responding they start behaving differently they start relaxing more smiling more so i think that's that's a very powerful tool to literally get out of your mind and as I said, also get into your heart, because when you write about good things, you, you end up appreciating and you, you end up feeling good. I love when you said that your mind can't hold a positive and a negative. So if you go to a positive place, the, the negative doesn't have anywhere to go. And this process of writing it out it kind of is a good indication of a quick fix, if, if anything, of just First of all, getting out of your mind, getting it out on paper, then focusing on those 20 things like you mentioned that are good things because it will be very difficult for the mind to even go to the negative when we're focusing on something positive. So that is a very fascinating uh, tool, a tool that I will try out myself. I think it's a, you know, not, you know, some people, I mean, definitely come from a more positive place, maybe more naturally. I, on the other hand, definitely totally end up going to the negative in many areas of my life. So um, I know it's a constant in your life to make sure that, you know, maybe happiness isn't something that finally achieve. It's an ongoing process. You know, life hands you lemons every other day in some component, but there's always a way to step out of your mind and, you know, potentially use this exercise to push yourself through to a, a lighter place. I remember once I heard on some audio I was listening to that, that your main job every single day, every second of every day is to do something that makes you feel a little bit better. So if you feel really low, just do one little thing to make you feel a little bit better. Like don't try to go from so low to like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy. It's like – First of all, it doesn't feel authentic, and it won't last. You'll probably end up crashing and burning. But if you could just do baby steps, little things, even if it's like I'm going to make myself a cup of cocoa because I'm having a hard time right now or whatever that is, it's just 
baby steps and to feel better with just small little things that you can do every day, like you said, to be out of your mind, to feel a little bit happier, and really start designing this life that you want to live. So maybe share with us a little bit about, you know, what the design is, how did you come up with the name, why is the design of your life not working, and how can we course correct that? So I, I love what you said about the baby steps. A lot of people look for, you know, the box that they will open and, and achieve everything, but it's actually it's a life path. Happiness is a path of life. It's a choice we make every day. So V-Design came up in a very funny way. Uh, V is the beginning of my maiden name. And when I was going through my transformation, somehow the word design just just stayed with me. And I, I picked up different parts of my life, and I looked through them, and I literally started designing them from how they looked like from a visual perspective, how they felt, how people saw them, everything about my life was designed, but it was designed by me. And I've always been um, very fashion-oriented, even though I haven't really followed anything specifically, but I've, I'm a lot of into fashion and visuals and colors and materials, and I mix and match. So this is how my whole concept um, came, V-Design, the name came in, came into my head um, one day out of nowhere it just it just popped and for me designing your life is a process and it's a beautiful process it's discovering where you are first and foremost it's looking at where you are and accepting it as your starting point it was very difficult for me to be able to stand on my feet and say, okay, this is my life and I am right here, but I am prepared to change it. I know that I wanted more than anything to find the magical ones that will transform everything overnight, but it didn't. And I'm glad it didn't because I wouldn't have experienced fantastic moments. I wouldn't have met amazing people and I wouldn't have walked a road which allowed me to learn so much and to be able to help people so usually why is our lives not functioning uh, why is the design of our life not functioning as we want it to be is most of all because we have an idea of how things should be or we would like them to be and every time when the outside is not matching what we believe is our true life then we feel unhappy or angry, um, and then we tend to go into a blaming mode most of the time, the outside or somebody else, and also many times ourselves, which keeps us in a very negative place because we, we say, well, life is not working, I'm a failure. So we don't look at what we truly want, I think I've seen a lot of people who, I, if I ask them, so what do you want? And they have an idea, but they haven't really sit down to say, well, I want A, B, C, and D. And I think we're also very afraid to want. I mean, we're not raised to want things. We're, we're raised to, to, to settle for what we're given. So a brilliant life or a life that's designed first starts with knowing yourself 
um, sitting down, spending time with yourself, knowing what ticks you, knowing what you love, knowing what works for you, what makes you happy, what makes your heart sing, and then looking at your life and seeing what are the things in your life that make your heart sing and how many of the things that you truly love are part of your everyday life. And once you understand this, then I think from there, you have the power to change absolutely anything and everything. If it's a job, if it's a relationship, once you change yourself to see yourself, accept yourself, to know yourself in and out, and to radiate the feelings you mostly cherish, and you start attract circumstances and people into your life, then you're able to make decisions, then you're able to say no, then you're able to see what's healthy for you, and what's beneficial, what's working, what's not working. And once you step into the place of your own power to know yourself and, well, be selfish, then you can really design a life of your dreams. Mm, I love this. You know, there was something else that you said earlier in this conversation about following other people and, and you know, not designing your own dreams. It's like doing the thing that everybody else is doing and follow, almost playing follow the leader. I, I just wanted to get your two cents on it's one thing to admire people. It's another thing to play follow the leader. When you're designing a life, I'm assuming from what I've heard so far of your brilliant signature system and all that you have uh, shared with us today that we need to be the leader of our life. And that means to follow and make up our own rules and maybe rebel against some of the things that we've been programmed in the past, in our childhood, even through adulthood. Is that like where I'm actually seeing this kind of, you know, transpire to is just like being the leader of your life? Yeah, I think you've you've put it greatly. And it's it's beautiful to say I am the leader of my own life because we are born with that privilege to be the leaders of our own lives. And we we don't exercise it. And I think this is a very good place for me to clarify another thing. Being selfish does not mean taking advantage of others or bullying others or making other people agree with you. The people who are ultimately going to agree with the authentic you, they will come around once you start living from an authentic place. And when you are the leader of your own life, you are in a position to admire others, to work with others, to love others for who they truly are. It's a place of no competition but collaboration. It's a place of very little judgment, mostly love and acceptance. And you, you experience life from a completely different perspective. But every morning you wake up, you know that every step you take has been your own choice and not just following somebody else's mindset, rules, or life. Mm, I love it. Girl, you're so inspiring. This has been great. I know we're just about wrapping up, and you've shared so much wisdom today. I, the thing I love about you is, like, your tone. You have such a realistic uh, tone to you. It's very heartwarming, but it's very strong. I mean, there's so many vibrations that I get just from your voice alone. So I think it's been such a powerful talk to have you on the speaker series. Before we kind of wrap up, I wanted to make sure if there is, is there anything that I didn't ask you today 
you know, that would be helpful for our audience to know, to help them really own that trendsetter in them, to be that rebel of tomorrow, to be more selfish in their pursuits, and to have that brilliant life? Yeah. Before I go into this, I, I want to say that I am extremely honored to be here with you. I think for the whole time we've known each other, we developed my signature system, but not only we've developed a very strong relationship and we found a lot of things that are common between us. I think there's a very beautiful rebel that lives in you as well. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm very, very, very honored to have the pleasure to be your guest and share my mission and my passion and my thoughts with your audience. So thank you for that. I wish you a fantastic finish for the series and a great um, turnout. So I guess what the last thing that I would like to share is uh, many times people give advice and and very often the the audience or, or the people who are listening to advice, they say, well, okay, very good, but how? So <laughs> my... I have a program um, which is funny, which is called Let's Get Selfish. So for all the people who are ready to discover the selfish concept from a different angle, who are ready to live their lives on their own terms, my program is featured on my website, and I will be happy to share the URL with you. Please do. Okay, so this is www.vdesign, this V-I-D-E-S-I-G-N dot com forward slash let's get selfish. So I'll repeat, that's vdesign, it's one word, no dashes, vdesign.com forward slash let's get selfish. Love it. So is this a one-on-one program? How long is it? Can you give us a little bit more details about your fabulous program? Of course. It's a six-week program. It goes through different stages of, first of all, understanding what is selfish, what is self-acceptance and self-love. It has a little bit of history of how the program came about. It's recognizing who you are, finding out what's awesome about you because there's something awesome in every person. It's a do-it-yourself program, but it has the option to be upgraded to a one-on-one coaching. So basically what people can do is they can buy the program and then they can choose to work with me to guide them through the process. And I know some people are... You know, they work easier on their own, and for some it's easier when it's with somebody else. I myself, I have worked with coaches for years, and uh, it's always made a great difference in my life. I think you are one of the greatest examples for that, helping me with my signature system and everything. So once they get the program, they will have the choice to opt in to have a session with me, and in general, everybody who feels they would like to ask me something or maybe hop on on a quick discovery session with me, that's all featured on my website. It's all possible. 
my discovery sessions are complimentary, so there's no obligation. So the program is there, the links to scheduling time with me is there, and I look forward to seeing some of your listeners over to my website. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ellie. This has been a joy. I mean, I I know that in, in any stage of life, whether you're a successful entrepreneur or you are, uh, you know, looking for the love of your life, wherever we are, we're all growing and learning. And I know that in your program, there's so much for so many kinds of people. And it looks like this rebirthing of yourself is, is mandatory. I mean, in your life, there's like constant rebirth. I mean, if you think about you know, from childhood to adolescence to adulthood, even into when we become elderly. We go through all these different phases, and we all deal with different stages of our life during those phases. So I think that your program uh, sounds like it would be uh, a perfect fit for whatever that transition is, you know, especially if you are tired. It's like letting, cutting the, the reins and really living your life and making up your own rules and I really love that metaphor about creating that your own signature green juice. So that was just brilliant to me. So thank you so much, Ellie. I loved working with you and your signature system. I know we have so many more amazing goals to achieve together here at Holistic Fashionista. So ecstatic to have you in the tribe. Thank you again for being a part of the Holistic Fashionista speaker series. Thank you so much, Angel. Awesome, girl. Well, I'm going to let you go. Have a wonderful rest of the day, and thanks for tuning in, everyone. If you want to learn more about Ellie Isaacs, her website, V Designs, and if you'd like to learn more about her program, vdesign.com forward slash let's get selfish. All right, Ellie, have a wonderful rest of the day. Thanks, Angel. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.